1: This podcast is part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club, a program designed to help all podcasts reach their full potential. For information about joining the Robots Radio Rocket Club, check out robotsradio.net. Welcome to Holocron Histories, Star Wars canon versus legends, where we want to take a deep dive into the lore of the Star Wars universe.
0: hello and welcome to the holocron histories podcast where we talk about star wars canon versus legend i'm one of your hosts
1: austin also known as teacup and i'm your other host ben of Tamaria.
0: yeah and so we are here to talk about jedi survivor so this is your warning now we are going to be talking jedi survivor if you haven't played the game yet if you're not finished with the game yet, we're going to be talking about all its aspects. And that means that there are going to be spoilers for the main story. Both Ben and I have beaten the game at least once. Some of us are on New Game Plus 3. um Yeah.
1: But yeah. I probably should change the uh, title of the episode. <laughs> oh, oops. Oopsies. There we go. Now it's Jedi Survivor uh yeah. yeah i completely forgot that's what we were doing today but yes jedi survivor it i mean okay before do you want to rate the game before or after
0: i think we should rate it on categories okay like yeah so we'll rate the story and we'll rate the gameplay and we'll rate the whether or not you can pet the boglings wheel rate, you know just all that <laughs> all the important stuff yes
1: all the important stuff
0: so first off out of whether or not you can pet the boglings that's a 10 out of 10 yes uh, right off the bat
1: <laughs> yes without a doubt right off the bat 10 out of 10 i was so happy when they introduced that hey you can pet the boglings it's like Yay, I can actually touch like touch something that won't kill me. right
0: on. Um, so I guess let's kind of talk let's talk gameplay first okay. let's do gameplay first and then we'll get into when we get to story because I want we should talk about the lore implications of the story. And since you know a little more about like the High Republic era than I do, I'd be curious any Easter eggs you saw there. But as far as game, as far as gameplay goes, I, it is just, it's exactly, almost exactly the same as the first game. Your, your basic combat mechanics are parry, hit, parry, parry, break their guard, get your kill, get your kill blow. Yes. Very, very similar to Sekrio uh, or Sekiro, very similar to Wulong in those kind of Souls S games of where you focus more on parry and then dodging. I will say that the dodge button was a little more useful in this game than its predecessor, than in Fallen Order.
1: Oh, without a doubt. I've dodged probably as much as I parried in this game compared to uh Fallen Order where you just parry everything mm-hmm. cuz with <laughs> them introducing a lot more unique enemy archetypes and creatures in the world you yes. kind of have to dodge. Mm-hmm. So compared to, you know, Fallen Order, you literally you're just fighting stormtroopers literally 98% of the time. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Here in ATSTU, once in a while, which is like on one planet, but yeah, that's fairly pretty much what you fought in Fallen Order. Where here in Jedi Survivor, you have what three different factions, really. Uh, you have much more unique archetypes within those factions. Then you have all the different creatures, let alone the size of the creatures and how many there are typically within a group.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, I'll tell you, some of those creatures, like the creatures are the hardest parts of this game. Like, yeah, we can talk about, you know, the droidicas can be annoying, but you get, if you can have enough block stamina you can basically sprint at them. Mm-hmm. And if you have the ability where you auto-block when you sprint, and then if you can close the distance, you you can get up, break their shield, and yeah. hit them. So like there's a lot of that, but like the creatures, the uh what was it called? Uh you have the Wampa S things, the big yeah, the like w- Tranosaurus.
1: Wamp? W- w- Wopa or whoopoo, or something, something. that's with yeah, it's similar. It's yeah. basically a womp, it's a forest wampa. That's what it yeah. is.
0: And you like that one, you can block, but you, I spent most of my time fighting those by do- Most creatures I just dodge and I don't block.
1: Mm-hmm. Got that right, or yeah, uh, the rancor mm-hmm. constantly blocking, or well, block. 25% of the time, dodging 75% the rest. Or, um...
0: And, Fawn of what's his, of the frog? Oh, that
1: frog. one's dodge, period. There is no luck blocking luck. that crap. No. <laughs> He's harder and, than the Rancor. Blainly you hear it first.
0: The lunge, <laughs> the lunge attack that he has is, like, un. it's undodgeable. Mm-hmm. Like there's no way to dodge it. You try.
1: In I've tried to dodge it, but like every time, it always clips me and always gets me, no matter what I do. Even if you jump, unless you, you have to jump and dash. Yeah, if you have the dash ability when you fight him. I did not.
0: So. so let's let's talk about how you felt about the two new stances that we got, or I guess let's rate the stances. Like which stances did you use most of the oh, game? Gosh,
1: so. I mean, so, okay. First off, we have the five stances, right? You have single blade, mm-hmm. double blade, dual wield, which is its own stance finally in this game, which we were all so happy. I mean, I get. Tell me you weren't happy that you, we got a dual wield stance compared mm-hmm. to the first game where, oh, we can do. Oh, no, we can't. It's only blocked by. It's locked between a freaking combo. Um, right. Right. Blaster in single blade and then cross guard. So the ones I, so when you start the game, you get the first three. So best thing about so far with this game, when you start the game, you have all of cows abilities where they were at at the end of the first game. So you don't have to relearn how to use force push, force pull. You don't have to go through like halfway through or like a quarter through the game just to unlock a new force ability or something like. That. Cal already knows all that stuff because that's where he left off at, which is great. And so you already have single blade, double blade, and dual wield unlocked right off the get go, uh, through the fir- through the prologue. Uh, so I was running single blade and dual wield. Single blade mostly just for you know blocking and whatnot for standard enemies. Dual wielding typically for the bosses or harder to fight melee combats because it has a better parrying time. But when I unlocked the blaster stance, that's all I use: blaster and dual wield because I love using a blaster. I love I, I love the memes now that's coming out with uh, cows like oh, how cow's like, doing all this stuff and then, like, he gets backed into the corner and is like, uh-uh, pulls out his blaster and is like, nope, not today <laughs> Um, I will say, for me
0: the Dark Souls player in me wants to use the cross guard but, like, the dot. in my opinion the dodge button is still not as intuitive to warrant trying to do that
1: yeah, that's fair um cross guard was like i used it for the one instance that made you use it when you first unlock it and it's mm -hmm. just like i don't know to me it's too slow it's way too slow especially in a star wars combat where everything's more of a fast-paced style and where people have blasters (laughs) though there is like okay so
0: i have i have like 40 extra skill points I've gotten every skill point in the game, and now I have like forty extra. <laughs> uh, and things. so, <laughs> so I, I have progressed beyond, and I have everything upgraded. And so, I will say that I end up, I am a simp for the single hills, the classic. Just feel like a you feel like a Jedi when you're walking in with one lightsaber. And you do that. And so I think that with that, I used the single blade a lot. I used blaster a lot. I did use dual wield. Uh, I kind of go back and forth because I want one that like does like heavy damage. And then one that is good for like fending off blaster fire. So like in the first game, I would use single stance all the time unless I went up like one of the heavy ranged troopers or a group of stormtroopers and then i would take out the double blade so i could block all their blaster Mm bolts in one and so i still kind of want that um i will say that the double bladed lightsaber feels more deadly in this game yes it does but the cross guard i did end up using cross guard for that purpose because when you upgrade it fully you can like send back a power shot at them
1: Oh yeah so it's yeah, isn't it like you basically you swing down and it makes like a force wave kind of a thing towards the group? no it's or... like
0: you do can do that, but there's a if a deflect upgrade where if you block a blaster bolt mm-hmm. with a uh cross guard it sends back like a heavy shot at them
1: oh okay,
0: interesting uh, okay. So that was part of the reason I used the cross guard in there, and I do find the cross guard, the cross guard is really good for single opponents. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want like the damage, especially like in the Ravis fight where you do spend most of your time kind of dodging and waiting in a typical Souls fashion, you spend your time dodging, waiting for your opening. The cross guard is hip he- <clears throat> is good there because it's gonna. <coughs> Excuse me. The cross guard is good there because it's gonna do more damage when you get your single hits in. But I will say that for a lot of the bosses, you can basically stun lock them with dual wield. Cause you're just yes. that
1: fast. Yep. Yep. Dual wield's great in the game. Um I mean I've really enjoyed I really enjoyed the blaster one, especially if you upgrade it to where you can do the quick shots. Um, I think it's up to like three enemies all at once, where yeah, you hold down um, either block y, and y, yeah, block and Y, or whatever button you're using what on whatever system or co- platform you're playing on. You literally just do a quick shot right from your belt, like what Han Solo would do, just consecutively. It's great. It it's good against re- uh, mobs.
0: Did Respawn make the first Red Dead game? No. Or am I thinking of a different game? That's Rockstar. Rockstar, Rockstar. did. Okay.
1: Rockstar did. It's, an, it's an one that starts with an R. Uh, Rockstar yeah. did the Red Dead Redemption games.
0: Because it very much reminded me of like the Red Dead style mm-hmm. of like where you mark all your shots before you take it.
1: The only shooter I know Respawn has made was Titanfall. Right so but they didn't have any it was a first person shooter so they didn't have anything like that in Titanfall
0: um and then I will say that I really really appreciated how each stance blocked blaster fire differently like in the single stance you could block a couple shots your duel you're splitting the blaster bolts which is didn't even know was a thing it's Um, (laughs) great with the double bladed you can block like a million shots at once uh and then blaster is just normal and then cross guard, you get the heavy deflect.
1: Yup. It's, 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 um, I mean, they really made each stance feel completely different from one another,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which was honestly the best. I mean, if you're, if you haven't played it yet and you're listening to this, stop listening and go play the game. um, if you have been playing the game, test different stuff out because there's you can do so many different combat. Like I saw a video and never realized it, um, never came to mind to swap your saber stance mid combat, and you can combo off your change in uh, mm-hmm. stances, and never thought about doing that. It's like oh yeah, that's smart. Holy crap. It's literally just kind of reminds me of um, Kanan versus the Grand Inquisitor. Right. It's like him switching to blaster single hilt to to dual wield left and right to confuse the opponents and whatnot.
0: So I, there's a funny joke about this because we can talk about kind of other aspects of combat. But there's a joke that the reason we don't see as much saber customization during the prequel era is because the Jedi kept it as a hush-hush because they didn't want Anakin to know that he could modify his lightsaber.
1: (laughs) And make the youngling 9000 even more Dyliria than it was. (laughs) You cannot tell me that Anakin would not have a tricked-out lightsaber. Oh my god, he would trick it out. God knows what he would do to it, but um, yeah, he I would wouldn't be, definitely deck his saber out.
0: I wouldn't be surprised if he created, like, tiny grenades and added a grenade launcher to his lightsaber.
1: Something of that caliber. Some, I, and Who knows? Anakin was so unpredictable. Um, I mean, closer to the end of the Clone Wars, even watching, like, the animation, I mean, he would go off deep end without even, like, I don't know, consulting anyone. He's like, oh, yeah, um, here you go, dead. What? But, yeah, he, he don't totally would. I mean, for all I know, he could make it. I'd, he probably would have been the one to make his a light whip. Let's be honest. Right. Like a true light whip. But who knows? Who knows? So,
0: one of the things that I really appreciated mechanically in this game, other than just the different ways of blocking, or different ways of deflecting, is the different parries, like, that you could upgrade, I don't know if you've seen where you can do a blaster parry, or a force push parry.
1: Yes. Yeah, I upgraded, the, I got the blaster parry um, where you can parry and then literally it's a point, it's literally a point plank range shot from your blaster. It's great. It does I considerable really- amount of damage.
0: I really feel like the inspiration for Cal's blaster style is 100% that scene from Raiders of the Lost Ark where Indy comes up on the big like sword guy doing all the fanny thing. He just takes out his gun and
1: shoots him. Yep. I was so hoping in one of the cutscenes through the game, I was so hoping going to see Cow do something like that. See an enemy come up to him and like do something stupid and just pulls out his blaster and just shoot him yeah. there's a missed opportunity to respawn what the heck you could have had an Indiana Jones reference right there. and there right but I mean that and it's also pretty reminiscent to Kyle Katarn like right off the bat right because in Legends Kyle Katarn used a blaster and saber pretty regularly
0: Yes, and never together.
1: That's true. He did not use them together. It's only one or the other. That's a good point.
0: I mean, even, like, so if we think about it, there are Jedi who have used blasters. I mean, Kanan and Ezra use blasters. never to- Not together, well, except for the one time. Ezra, or Takatarn uses a blaster. Luke uses a blaster. Ray uses a blaster. Like, It's not unheard of, but this is the first time that we've seen, like, the blaster be an opportunity of using ranged and close range in, like, conjunction with each other.
1: Yeah, right.
0: So, yeah. But I think all in all, for gameplay, I'd probably give the gameplay an 8 out of 10. Some of the things that I didn't like were... I felt like a lot of the enemies were just there to the ones that are really difficult and annoying are just there to spawn
1: unblockable attacks. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I mean honestly, we're all we're really naming mainly one boss <clears throat> the spawn of Oga Boro, or whatever the heck—it's the freaking frog from the first Fallen Order game. You fight its child, and it, yeah. We we have already just discussed our frustrations with it, and it it's terrible. But yeah, right. like, and
0: like I, the first one in the first game, you fight it. Like he's not that hard of a boss, but it's really hard because you can encounter him from the get go, right? And so well, in
1: compared to the one. first game, which I did talk to, some, I talked to one of my friends about this, compared to the first one, in the first game, Force, for, force Stasis was locked onto one of your... as a ability you can use whenever, compared yeah. to this game, and they did change it to where Force Stasis is now a double-click button uh, when its gauge bar is fully um, is maxed out is when you can use force stasis well it's not as I, like you know targeted and once you hit something they become out of force stasis i
0: think i get that because they tried to create like an ability wheel
1: kind mm-hmm. of thing
0: with the rb buttons so they had to do something with force stasis and with them including like force slam and force lift Into this game, like they, there are only so many buttons,
1: right? That that should make sense,
0: right? I would have liked. I think they could have done something where, you know, maybe both triggers are force slam, and both bumpers are force, you know, lift or something like that, and then kept, kept or whatever, and like there's just right. And I just, feel, I also feel like they didn't utilize. Well, I don't know. Because we had a sprint button with clicking in the left joystick. What did clicking in the right joystick do outside
1: of BB8's? That was, oh, a, that was an interact. Yeah, it was the interact button. And that's sometimes
0: something that I kind of got with the gameplay is that there really weren't enough buttons for all the things that they wanted to do in the game. Because sometimes I'd be trying to force lift and it kept like throwing the lightsaber or doing something else. And like if you are in dual wield stance, it's really hard to use those kind of abilities because the RB and Y is when you throw the saber in a circle around you. That's true. And so I think maybe the game would have benefited from a force power wield where we could like decide what combat force powers we want,
1: yeah, I bet there's that, but I feel like if they'd done that, they would have taken away from the immersion of the game, which is yeah. what their key idea key thing with this game was and if you pl- if you play jedi survivor the immersion is completely there it's insanely how immersed how immersed this game is like when i'm playing i feel like i'm actually like in star wars like it's know. i feel like i'm back on uh, back in disney all over again when i was playing this game
0: right i think and it definitely does feel that way I just wish that there had been a little more, like, consideration in the overall game mechanics.
1: That's fair. But, um, yeah, I I mean, out of game game mechanics, I I would agree I would give it an 8 out of 10. It's a much more refined version from Fallen Order, which is always a plus.
0: (laughs) So, as far as performance and graphics... Mm -hmm. Which I think is like the hot button issue of this game.
1: Yeah. Right <laughs> so uh, we both PC, played on Series X, right? Or what? Yes. Would you you play on Series X, right? I I played on Series X. Okay, that's what I played it on. PC, <laughs> unfortunately, has been a very hot take. And
0: I think that there's something to be said, and I think that. Game companies are probably testing... They probably are testing their games on PCs. But your casual gamers, most of the people who are going to buy this game just because, oh, it's a Star Wars game, they're
1: console gamers.
0: So it doesn't surprise me that this game performed best on the consoles.
1: Oh, yeah. 100%. Um, I mean, me coming... like I worked in the gaming industry. Well retail side of gaming industry anyway most i mean going forward most games are going to be mainly developed for next-gen consoles rather than going being built specifically from a pc and then going to console because that i mean yes pc gaming is very popular still it's very like a lot of people are going to pc gaming but next gen consoles is where the main people are ca- like like what austin said casual gamers are mainly going to be on console rather than pc and, and that's what they really have to look at it because a good what like at least 60 65 of their sales probably came from a console rather than a pc source right
0: and i think that now don't take this from this I think the performance of Jedi survivor on PC is abysmal and uh, a game should not be launched with that much performance issue and respawn and Lucas films that they kind of said like the game was tested with a specific build. And so there's something about like the, these issues must be happening on like very randomized builds and that, To be honest, that is a difficulty with planning for PC is that everyone has a custom build and there's a lot more variety. Whereas, like, if you play the game on a Series X...
1: That's one build and that's
0: it. (laughs) Yeah, it's going to play like that on almost every Series X. I mean, internet connection and other things. TV variables apply, but you're not dealing with multiple processors, multiple graphics cards, multiple GPUs, multiple RAM systems, like...
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean that. I mean, it makes sense. In that, that's it, it. with the gaming development side of things, it does make things a lot more challenging. With like you know PS Five Series X, you just have the one console, and that you only have to deal with that. PC, like Austin said again, you have I don't know how many different like GPUs and. Uh, RAM cards that you can completely custom build your PC to be whatever with them going and they've specifically I think when they f- originally delayed the game I think what it was a, m- a month before the release they even specifically said in that statement it was it's designed specific for specific builds right I'm pretty sure and- so
0: that being said, from the Series X perspective and other games, the game looks great in its cutscenes.
1: I it did experience some lag in like the graphic side of things during gameplay.
0: Yes, um, and I have experienced a couple of performance bugs, and like, I think it's worth noting that this game is huge—not like huge which, like, there's a lot to do, but, like, huge in file size, which tells me that, like, it's over 150 gigabytes. Rendering that for the graphics of this so is a lot. He- here's some which perspective.
1: Like, I So I bought the physical copy. I don't know if – did you buy the physical one? Yes. Okay. So the physical copy of the game is 40 gigs. The first update is 105. <laughs>
0: Right. And so I preloaded I preloaded the game before that. So I like downloaded hmm. the full 150 whatever. And then I think I had to download an additional like 12 gigabytes when I put the disc in. That sounds about right. Like. But I mean and you get some issues like some people are mad about that like if you when you move in out of pyloons like it's basically a load screen. Uh, but like, I mean, Covo... rendering rendering that much graphic thing takes time.
1: And the thing is, though, like besides pylons and like you going from your ship onto the planet, there is no loading in between areas. It's all one seamless area unless you fast travel. Right. That's it. Which
0: makes which makes sense why this game would be so heavy on PC because, like, have you ever like Tried to use like a graphics mod and then use the open cities mod in Skyrim.
1: I haven't, no, but I've seen videos of it and it looks like it's, it it's, looks it's bad. your
0: processors and stuff can't handle it. Your they processor to... wants
1: to commit suicide because it's trying to overload itself, right? And so, load screens are just for that. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, this game, like Kobo alone, I mean, I understand. People's irritation with like it like slows down for a bit, and then you when you exit uh, plumes or like any like loading like when you're meditating or even like fast traveling, but just look at Pocobo. Kobo's literally the size of the first entire game by right. itself. Like that that planet is freaking huge. Literally, take what. All four planets from the first game, put them all together. Kobo's probably still bigger, if not the same size.
0: Right, and so and there were some. I don't know what engine it's using.
1: Unreal Engine four. Four. Okay. Mm.
0: And so maybe if they were using five, maybe it would be. But I even think with five, we'd still have these (sighs)
1: issues. 5 I would say would have these issues honestly with 5 it might have more issues because Unreal Engine 5 is technically still in it's development phase it's not even a full fleshed out system yet unless Mm -hmm. you're like looking at like the Fortnite creator thing that they just released with Epic but Mm -hmm. other than that everything else is still test worthy or in the test stage
0: and I will say from a gameplay perspective even on the Series X because I ran most of the game in performance mode, I struggled. I, it even struggled then to maintain 60 FPS. Like I was probably lot. There were several times where I was consistently dipping into like 40 or 30.
1: That's fair. Yeah, I I, uh, I primarily played on quality mode. Mm-hmm. I I wanted the I wanted the graphics and the the immersion of the worlds more even though i but, did look side by side and performance quality basically looked the same right so
0: i think it depends on and i did i did see that some of the problems on consoles had to do with hdr mm. and so like my tv doesn't do hdr
1: so mine does yeah <laughs> But, yeah. Um, so, I mean, graphic-wise, consoles, give it an 8.
0: 7, probably for me.
1: PC, PC debatable at this point. I'm not even going to rate that. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah. I think it's a good time to take a mid-break before we dive into yeah. the uh, story spoilers of things. Story well and customization
0: we gotta talk about customization and
1: customization that is true Mm alright
0: we took it all we brought them to our land an endless night ember hot and icy cold the rage of the earth we made this curse carved it in the blood on our backs we did not see we could not but she did and in the end,
1: what will I become? Senwa Saga Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass.
0: Oh, hello and welcome to the middle of the show where we talk about things about podcasts, but not about Star Wars. And so it's here where I let you know that we do have a Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com slash Histories. You can sign up at various tiers to come and support us. If you sign up at our $20 tier, you can join us on the show once a month. And so we're really looking forward to that. If you'd like to support us, we would greatly appreciate it. Also, we are another great way to support us is to leave us ratings and reviews on apple or spotify and we do
1: have a review to read today we do it's very exciting because it's from the great britain which is our first international review i'm pretty sure um written by darth jedi 600 from the great britain uh this podcast five stars this podcast was amazing could you possibly do a Jedi Survivor podcast as the game is officially came out now well I, <laughs> I mean we will do all things Star Wars but I don't know if we can do a, a podcast just with Jedi Survivor
0: but you do get this episode
1: yes and we did we've done a few other episodes of Jedi Survivor and for all we know I mean well we will know it's so, um, we will do more you know, episodes that deal with the characters from Jedi Survivor. And from what we're going to probably talk about here in the second half, another game, more than Mm -hmm. likely. So there's that. Yeah. Uh, Other than that, you can come
0: hang out with us on Discord if you want to talk about the things we say or say, hey, Ben, Teacup, Austin, you all are crazy and your Star Wars opinions are trashed. You can come on to the Discord. I will have very, very staunch rebuttals for you,
1: and uh I will. If you, can... I will supply with gifts.
0: <laughs> yes, yes, that's all we'll do. But we're Teacup and Ben of Something on both Discord servers, Cups Podcast and More in the Robots Radio. You can find us all there, and you can find us. On our other shows, uh Ben does the Wizarding World Lorecast, and I do the Dragon Age Lorecast and the Assassin's Creed lore cast. And you can find us on those shows, but you can only find both of us together on the Holocron Histories podcast. And with that, we do go live every week on Tuesday. Well, every week that unless something comes up. True. Yeah. But we go live on Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. And you can t- log on to Twitch. slash Ben of Tamaria and check us out there. You can also find the wizarding lore world Lorecast, which does go live tomorrow. I believe.
1: Yes. We go live every Wednesday night at 10 PM Eastern standard time on my Twitch channel, Ben of Tamaria on Twitch. Yeah.
0: The other ones, mine don't go live. Um, uh, you have to, but we release episodes on Thursdays, which is the day you're releasing, listening to this. Um, If you're listening.
1: So you have three shows to listen on Thursday and one more show the following day because My Wizard World is every Friday. Right.
0: But other than that, I think that's all I got for the middle of the show.
1: Cool. So, yeah, let's get back into it. All right. We are back. And with that blaster sound effect... I was not expecting how customize how much customization the blaster was going to have. Right, I thought it was just going to be I thought it was just yeah. going to be here's here's blank, you know, here's random blasters you can choose from. I was not expecting it yeah. to be like as yeah. as it was for like the saber. I was like, "Oh, you can change literally the barrel, the trigger and the grip." Holy crap. Right.
0: Well, and I'll tell you the one thing that I was super impressed with was the color. All the different paints that you could
1: you had so many different materials that you can just deck out your any everything with. Honestly. Right. I wish, I wish that
0: sort of they had a similar kind of model for the clothing instead of just like a general color, like I could change like accents and secondary and primary colors on that as well. Would have been cool. But I mean, even with that, like you can mix and match, you can make all kinds of looks going on. Um, I made a Luke Skywalker carbon copy with red hair with enough with the lightsaber and the colors and giving him the all black outfit and the Chanel
1: boots like. That's awesome. I, I mean, I use, so I use the standard like face and uh, the facial and hairstyle that Cal has the get go of the game because I, I just like that look on them. I don't know. Um, But as for an outfit wise, I decked them out. So I, I just really like the Outrider outfit mm-hmm. style they have because it's it uses clone armor. For the greaves has a the greaves of the clones, and he has shoulder pads, and the uh, the shirt had the um, the hand armor from the clone armor as well. So he had bits and pieces of clone armor with you know a stylish looking post republic outfit. Uh, his sab- yeah. my saber was half. Um so spoilers you do get um Seers saber. Uh I have one half of that and then the other half was a style that I liked. Uh I think it was patience. Was the style? And then uh the blaster I basically made it look like Mando's blaster, but it was made of Beskar.
0: Right. Um, so for most of the game, I used the, like, RSK737 or whatever it is, uh, skin. I used that, um, and I made, I kind of, I liked kind of going old school Western and I used, like, a combination of Beskar and wood Ooh. and it, like, making the barrels wood and then, like, a, like, metal Beskar frame, kind of like how a real rifle would kind of be. Okay. With wood and metal mixed together and then for my saber i definitely used um i made a luke kind of style carving copy which deals with like using parts from satari kree and indo cordova and uh the rebel hero and then the herm some of the hermit to make basically luke's return of the jedi lightsaber and then I used as my secondary saver, I made the second half um, using the hermit oh, okay. style nice. for that kind of thing. Now, what color uh,
1: crystal? Green? Green. Okay. Green.
0: Is what I typically use. I, I went back and forth because I was trying to decide which one I liked. Um, I went back and forth with the white and especially like if I was doing like the commander armor, I really liked the white lightsabers with that, especially with like the all black outfit. Okay. And then, uh, so I used that, but green. I typically went back to green because that's my favorite lightsaber color.
1: I'm always a blue, but I did like. I don't know if you've seen this. They all the colors have different sounds when they're ignited yes. and when they're on, which is really cool. Um, fun fact, all of the savvy workshop sabers that you build down at Galaxy's Edge has the same effect. Each uh, kyber crystal has different sound fonts when they're ignited, uh, ignited. Have you seen the party crystal? The party? No. Okay, that's the new game plus crystal, isn't it? Uh, no. I have not. I, I just beat the game. This past weekend, so I haven't done new game plus yet. But I did see I seen videos on it. It's like it literally changes color every time you like swing it, doesn't it? Yep. Yeah.
0: It's That's a like, party what in the world. <laughs> uh, so I used that for a little bit, but I got bored of that and so I switched back to green. Uh and then like one time, so this was really funny. I made Luke's lightsaber. I used his outfit. well, no. So I got the training shirt. And some of the pants, I made Luke's. uh, I used the Rebel Hero lightsaber. And then I decked BB. Or BD1 out in all green. So it was literally Dagobah Luke. Oh my Walking Yoda on his back.
1: That's the other thing. BD being customizable. Was like. What? Though some of his customization stuff. Was like eh to me. I don't know.
0: Yeah. I did appreciate the uh, the Camino style and its mm-hmm. nods to the droid from Bad Batch.
1: Yes. And Club. Yeah, I did use... I used a bit of the Camino stuff with BD.
0: Um, and then so... I don't know why we couldn't change the color of the mantis at least. Why they didn't just keep that in yeah,
1: there. Yeah, I don't I don't know because they I guess they added so much more customization to the specifically to cow. It's like, "Ah, no one cares about the mantis." It's like we're still flying the thing <laughs> even <laughs> just for a little bit. I mean, so I don't, I don't
0: know. Yeah. Um, I was a little disappointed in not being able to customize the mantis. And I was a little disappointed in, like, the lack of Star wars Z outfits and that, like, we do get a Jedi robe, but we don't get, like, the closest to the traditional Jedi robe we get is the Hermit robe, Obi-Wan's yes. cloak from the show. And I just wish we could got that or even just,
1: like, unlocked a High Republic robe or something like that would have been really cool. I was honestly shocked we didn't get the High Republic stuff because, you know, which we'll go here in a little bit, um, the story is very entangled with High Republic. I was shocked we didn't get anything, like, outfit-wise. Like, we get a Jedi outfit on Jeddah but it's literally just the tunic and the pants. That's it. There's no, like, it's not even robes. It's just the tunic. It's just, like, a saber tunic. That's it.
0: And there are actually very few. There's probably only like five complete outfits that are outside of like pre-order bonus and other stuff like that. Outside of that, there's only like a handful of full sets that are coat, shirt and pants.
1: Mm -hmm. Correct. Yeah. A lot of it was um, besides those, like a lot of it's mix, mix and match. Which I thought mm-hmm. of things? Which I mean, there. I mean, you can make a lot of really cool, unique looks in Jedi Survivor. But yeah, I was the one thing I was hoping to see was an actual robe set, which we didn't mm-hmm. get. Which was honestly more surprising, unless you pre-order the game or buy the deluxe upgrade for the hermit stuff. And I get
0: that, like. I get the first game with the ponchos and that because Cal is trying is still trying to, like, remain under the radar. Like, he doesn't want to go sporting his lightsaber. He doesn't want to go, like, walking around in Jedi robes to draw attention to himself. But this game, he does not care. That man yeah. will walk up and just, like, that man would walk up into the streets of Coruscant and activate his lightsaber.
1: Yep, which he did. <laughs> so. Yeah. Which he does in the first, you know, your first two hours of playing the game, which is still the beginning. I was not expecting all that to be the beginning.
0: And so I give customization a 9 out of 10, minus one point for lack of Jedi robes. I would agree. Lack of Mantis customization.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. 9 out of 10 for customization. Hmm. It's, It's still great regardless without robes or a mantis customization, but still. But who knows what we get later. But yes, story. Mm -hmm. So, how did you feel about it? I want to (laughs) know.
0: I felt like... They threw away the most interesting parts.
1: You talking about like a high republic stuff, right? Yeah. So, for people listening, so the main part of this game is, you know, Cal is doing his can to stop the Empire, yada yada yada, trying to find his place in the galaxy. Doing all that things and then finds a way to find a world to, you know, get away from the Empire. And it specifically deals with the High Republic stuff, which is really cool, which I was really hoping for when they first teased the game. I, when I saw. Um, so the character we see in the tra- uh, teaser trailers and the current trailers is uh, Dagan. He's a mm-hmm. character that is specifically made for the game. When I saw his robes, it's like, oh, that's High Republic. Well, you know, it's High Republic that we get in the game. But, yeah, they threw away the High Republic stuff, like, almost halfway through the freaking game. If not, like, three-fourths. And And I was like, wait, what? I mean, it's still, like, still presence. But, like, the High Republic characters, besides one droid, are, like, gone. And I was like, what just happened? And, like, neither, like...
0: I just felt like there weren't any stakes. Like, there were stakes for Cal, personally, but, like, it wasn't the same thing of, like, you know, when you open off that elevator on Zeppo, and Trilla is standing right there, and you're like, oh, crap. Yep. Or even even just the fact of you're standing in the Fortress Inquisitorius, and you've beaten Trilla, and you just hear that breathing.
1: And you, yeah, just, like, Vader comes out of nowhere, and I was like, yep, is this the end of the game?
0: <laughs> I, I saw Vader coming in this game from a mile away. The minute both said something terrible is coming to them, yeah. I was like, oh, it's going to be Vader, and Seer's going to die. Like, that's what's going to happen.
1: So, personally, I didn't think Vader was going to show up until the scene where, like, Seer's in the temple, and I was like, oh, this the Vader's going to show up, isn't he? Lo and behold, he does. Um, And mind you, everyone, this game takes place during the same year as Obi-Wan. Mm-hmm. So, there's a lot of speculation, specifically with that Seer fight with Vader. Was this before or after he fought Obi-Wan? Because a lot of people are, are theorizing maybe Seer almost beat, uh, beat Vader. Obviously, she wasn't going to beat him because Vader obviously has to win. But, she theoretically could have beaten Vader because he might have been weakened already from his fight that he had with Obi-Wan but I don't see that as being a thing because Vader being as all powerful as Vader is no
0: yeah I don't think that that was the case of what was happening I think Vader was toying with her
1: oh without a doubt like he wasn't even using half of his power I guarantee like half of his abilities he wasn't even using in that fight Yes, uh, Seer has become... She became very strong in the Force. But Vader was still leagues away ahead of her.
0: Right. And, like, I think... Think about it like this. In, like, you know, in Dragon Ball Z or whatever, they talk about, like, there are points where Goku and Vegeta and all of them get into their fights or whatever, and there's a lot going on. And, like, they struggle... Or they don't struggle until they meet an opponent, and then their weaknesses are exposed because they're not used to fighting people who can actually pose a challenge. Mm -hmm. That's Vader. Like, most of the Jedi are gone. Most of the Jedi who can pose a challenge to Vader are gone. And so when he walks up to this, he's like, I don't really have to try. And plus, like, you have to understand, like, Vader's heart is not in what he is doing. He will never be as powerful as Anakin Skywalker because Vader isn't nearly as committed to the cause with Palpatine now that Padme is gone as Anakin was to the cause of the Republic.
1: This is true. Very true. But, yeah, I don't, yeah, I felt sad they kind of like dished away, Dagon, like he he was the mid game boss, which I thought was kind of a disappointment is like so they hyped up the high Republic stuff like really big through like halfway through the game, and then like you kill him, granted, there's right. story implications on how cow was able to easily beat him Well, not easily beat him, but he dived into the dark side of the forest and used force illusions, which is the first time we've seen in canon, if I recall. Right? Is that the first time we see force illusions? I I don't know. Because I know force illusions... No? Thought we... Uh, Maybe. I don't know. We would have to look back and look up stuff later. But he dives into force illusions, which... I don't think has gone up in canon recently at least. Um, but yeah, he used the dark side of the force to trick Dagon into seeing his old friend and who's long dead. And to easily kill, uh, like stab him. But yeah, and then the Ravis fight. Uh, being a Din guy, uh, as powerful that species is. I'm sorry, that fight was a letdown
0: right and he basically
1: this is not hard
0: (laughs) he basically plays like any like oversized heavy like heavy weapon dark souls boss
1: yep yeah well and i was hoping like like he'd have been at least more of a challenge just because of his species
0: Right. And they do kind of utilize his regeneration, but it would have been so much more like even to just watch you know, even that we see with the bounty hunter in the original Kung Wars where we watch Cal split him in half and he stitches himself back together.
1: Yeah. Yeah, like nothing like, because you like Dengai are literally just a mass of regenerating tentacles basically. That's their species as a whole. But they live for. Th- I mean, so you find out Ravis has been alive as long as the High Republic was a thing. When the High right. Republic was at least from where we're at in the story, and where they were at, they were looking at like three, four hundred years, right? Before all the events in Jedi Survivor, so Ravis was over three to four hundred years from the High Republic era, right? Dagon being in a somehow in a bacta tank which if i, rec- I can't remember if bacta was being de- being developed during the high republic or was already developed i can't remember
0: right but it still just goes to show that like
1: i mean kenobi has
0: to be the first gandai that we see by literally exploding him from the inside out And, like, yeah, we don't want to see that. And I get, like, you took off his head. And so, like, yeah, you can do, like, he doesn't have a head, so he can't regenerate. But still, like, it just was a two-phase fight that was just, like, he didn't even gain any move sets in the second phase. And so it was just, it was a bit of a letdown. But I just really wanted more of, like, what happened with the original Tantalor and, like, what... What's going on on Kobo and, like, more of the Satari Kree relationship and, like, more of the Jedi Council and, like, just more of all of that history.
1: So, from what I gathered, a lot, like, quite a – not all of it, but a good bit is um, explained in, like, the Codex entries of when you do, like, Force Echoes and stuff like that or yeah. when, like, when you first experience – Uh, Dagon's memories of, um, the Nihil. Somehow the Nihil gets to Tantalor. And uh, how that happens, I don't know. Uh, but the Nihil are a, uh, pirates, uh, space pirate faction during the High Republic era. Granted, the High Republic is still, quote unquote, the most peaceful time of the galaxy, even though they had conflict. But it wasn't like Clone Wars or Galactic Civil War conflict. Um,. But the Nihil was still a threat, and just like seeing the Codex entry, the Nihil invasion of Tanalore, and I was like, "Oh, cool! I know who the Nihil are." Um, but I mean, so out of High Republic stuff, and I'm currently on the last book of Phase Two, and there's going to be three phases of High Republic. Um, at the moment, Phase Three, I think, is like later starts later this year, but there's. Actually, all the characters they reference are new to the series. Uh, none of mm-hmm. them are from the books um, that I recall. Um, or I haven't read in the game. Um, I haven't read all the Codex entries in the game yet, so... But... Um, right. I mean, just them connecting it to the High Republic is really a strong point. Because... That's what Disney's focusing on—is filling in the gaps, but before, or going before the prequel era, which is a good point, I think. Um, I know, Aculite—they recently, I guess it was reported—it's going to be a hundred years before *Phantom Menace*, and it shows that it possibly the uh, how the Sith infiltrated the Republic. Who knows? I mean, obviously, it's going to deal with Plagueis and. Palpatine specifically so or others probably even probably before- uh, Plagueis honestly who knows but uh yeah it, it was it was interesting how they like really hey they like, well they hyped this up and then like you killed the main guy from the cu- uh, from the trailers like halfway through the game, though I was right. shocked, bode was a force user i was i did not expect that.
0: Right, was and like full that was a
1: jaw drop moment for me.
0: And that was a reveal, and I expected some kind of like twist or betrayal or like, but like I was expecting it from like, oh, Satari career, like she's actually like I thought we would get to Tana lore mm-hmm. and she'd be there, and she's actually on the dark side too.
1: Okay, um, that'd been actually much cooler than having both.
0: <laughs> right, and like. It's not even a thing of, like, Boat's not even a dark side force user. Like, he He doesn't really care about the Empire. He's not pro-Empire. He's not pro-anything. He's motivated by his daughter, which is fine. And all of that is okay. I just feel like they were trying to tell two, two separate stories. And I wish they had only told the first one.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Um I mean, getting all the way down to where we, you know, we defeated Dagon and got the compass and whatnot. And it's like, okay, there must be something else around the corner. Then, you know, Bode shoots Cordova, which, by the way, did not realize Kofotorova was alive. I thought he was actually dead in the first game. (laughs) It's like, I thought we were talking to a ghost the entire time in the first game. It's like, oh, no, this guy's actually still alive. Holy crap. (laughs) Um, Shoots him, kills him. And then you know we have a fight on the mountain where he stole, he took and saber, and of course I've seen so many people online. It's like, oh no, Bodes a Sith. It's like, oh no, he's not a Sith. Bodes not a Sith. He's just a fallen Jedi who's literally just trying to survive. And like Austin said, he's motivated, motivated by his daughter. Unfortunately, in just more twisted ways than trying to keep her safe. Right.
0: I also... I really hate the fact that, like, Cal. he faces his dark side moment, or facing the dark side, which is, like, whether or not he, like, kills Denvik in cold blood is his, like, dark side moment. And Marin pulls him back. And... To me, like, but then he changed, nothing changes about his behavior. He still embraces and uses the dark side through the whole thing. And, like, I understand that we can have, like, gray immorality morality in that. But, like, there's a choice that you have to make. And you can't say, oh, you brought me back from the dark side and then continue to embrace said darkness.
1: Right. Well, like, I think it was... I mean, it basically what the game was trying to say and what Marin did for Cal is instead of the darkness controlling Cal, he should control the darkness, which you do at the very end is where you embrace the darkness instead of the darkness controlling you. Mm. But it's still darkness. <laughs> it's still the dark side of the force. So, right. I mean, we do see... The dark side of cow um and let's be honest you do not want to be on the other end of his saber because he goes on a full-on rampage uh when you first go dark side and it's like oh this is right this is great all right cool um but yeah i don't know i mean if we get dlc which i doubt because no one responded knowing how The game, the first game went. If this is going to be, let's be honest, the the Jedi series is going to be a trilogy. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a trilogy. Where Cal goes from here, we don't know. But I have a strong feeling in the next game, which we will get, um, we'll probably see him struggling between the line of dark and light, light and dark, more so.
0: Yeah, I think that, okay, so, you know, if we talk about the first Jedi Knight series, which is obviously Dark Forces, uh, Mysteries of the Sith, Jedi Outcasted, Jedi Academy. The last Jedi Knight game, which is Jedi Academy, you don't play as the protagonist that you've been playing as for the rest of the game. So I think if we get another game, I think they're going to time jump to after the rebellion, and or maybe like during the rebellion or something, and it's going to be Kata. And this is my issue with like them—they're not being anything, they're not being anything on Tantalor and that there wasn't anything to solve or anything to deal in these unknown regions is now Cal has no excuse for why he is not involved in the events of the original trilogy, which discredits him as a character. If he just decides to chill out and hang out on Tantalor, like, okay, what are you doing? Like, I'm sorry, you all are going to send someone who's spent a total of what, three months Jedi training to go fight the Emperor when Ahsoka, Al, and all these people are still alive? Yeah. <laughs> and you're telling me that Yoda, freaking Yoda on Dagobah, knew that Leia was Force-sensitive from Dagobah, but he didn't know that Cal, Ahsoka, and all of them were still alive and get them to go and fight the Emperor? Why has it got to be Luke? Like, it's just...
1: Because he's the son of crea- Vader.
0: <laughs> all right. No, and, like, it's creating the least amount of importance in here, and, like, it diminishes Luke's hero's journey... Because he's less and less necessary.
1: I mean, that's why... I mean, besides Ahsoka, because... Ahsoka, we find out in Rebels, she's doing her own thing. She's been doing her own thing. With the... I mean, before Cal was introduced with the Rebels crew, it makes... Like, okay, we get these Jedis and Rebels. But then one disappears into the Unknown regions, The other one dies. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense why you know their Ezra and Kanan aren't there because Kanan dies in an explosion and Ezra goes into the unknown regions with Thrawn. Ahsoka is God knows where because she's doing her own thing because she's not considered a Jedi herself anymore. Cal right. is introduced, but yeah, we I don't know. I mean, I feel like if we I mean we I guarantee we are going to get a third game. But I f- I don't know if it's going to be. I mean, if we do get a third game, I kind I hope it's before four because we still have what ten years. Yeah, we still have ten years Nine before f- a new hope, um, because it's nineteen B B Y when a new hope happens, right? Right. Yeah. So we still have ten years. So I f- I have a strong. We'll probably get a time jump, but. It's probably going to be with that ten-year gap, and something drastically is going to happen to Cal, either where, you know, he cut himself off the force, or he dies, or something. Right. I have a feeling, to where it would then make more sense to where than it gets into Luke's story. Mm. Because and I do think. Gone.
0: I mean, I'll be annoyed. If it is like we basically just get a Geralt Siri remake with Cal and Kata. Um,
1: Now, granted, I don't know. Who knows what we'll get? I mean, obviously, Kata's probably Force Sensitive, hence why Seer tells Cal, guide her through the darkness. Guarantee Mm -hmm. you she's Force Sensitive. Because, well, one, she's a daughter of a Force Sensitive. Most most Force Sensitives. (laughs) If They have kids. Typically, their kids generally are force sensitive as well.
0: Theron, Theron Sean, or Sean, Theron Sean, and Ray's father are the
1: only. Yeah, that's a good point. One's legends, one's canon.
0: (laughs) Right, they're the only ones.
1: No, no, Theron Theron, Sean, he's he can't use the force, but he can sense it. In a way, because he mm-hmm. was he he was trained by Jedi to use his senses, and then he also used they use cybernetics to help him not to be controlled or anything. Um, with because he's a master spy, he's a master infiltrator, so he uses his connection to the Force, right. but he can't manipulate it like um, like Force. Senses he's not can. a Force. Team. He's not he's a force not a user. Force he's either. he's still force sensitive in a way. He's kind of like most. Um, if you go back to our Merelyn episode, most Marylands can feel the force. They just not all Merelins can access the force like a force user. Right. So he's something right. similar to and that. So- but he's still though. Um. There's very like very very, the they're the only offspring in legends and canon. Physically can't use the force.
0: And Ray's dad is a clone. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think Palpatine did the deed.
1: No, no, he's uh, uh Ray's father a is, is a Ray's father is a clone of Palpatine. Yes. Yeah. Which technically then Ray is technically the daughter of Palpatine. Right. If you want to get into the theoretical and technicality there. Well but
0: then is Boba Django? Or is he the son of Django?
1: Good point. Well, see, it gets in the murky territory because they're clones and they have their own personalities. But whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, uh, besides that, before we end the episode, because we've gone quite along the normal. Oh. Did you do the boba? Did you get yes. to the cutscene?
0: I did. Um, it was great. It was fun. I really like the blaster you get afterwards. Uh, oh, I still need
1: to look at that still have to look at that one as far as story goes
0: i go with another seven out of ten and i'd give the game an overall eight out of
1: ten okay yeah i would agree with that mm-hmm. i definitely agree yeah story was kind of like it started very strong and then three-fourths the way through is like wait what just happened and you kind of like kind of get like more of a traditional revenge story kind of with cow going after bode to uh, mm-hmm. betray him and whatnot that's basically what it became oh let's go find a way and get away from the empire with 10 or betrayed you all right cool i'm after boat don't care about anything else i'm going to kill boat
0: and you know what maybe even six out of ten solely before just gen- what in the heck was the point of the battle scars novel
1: okay i'm not even going to like I'll still give it an 8 out of 10, but yeah, I don't see a point. The Battle Scars was a pointless book to be written. I'm sorry. Battle Scars, literally, like, don't. You don't even need to read Battle Scars, and we've talked about this on our Battle Scars review. You don't even need to read that book for this game because there's literally nothing from that book that is even in the game. The only thing you find out is that, um, how Grease has a metal arm. That's mm-hmm. Liz mainly it. And then we basically confirmation in the book that Cal and Marin basically had feelings for each other before the events mm-hmm. of Jedi Survivor. That's basically it. Right.
0: Right. But that's all. A good game. Definitely worth the purchase. Definitely oh, worth yes. the playthrough. A great addition to the Star Wars thing. I just had some critiques that I. Maybe I won't have those critiques when the next eventual inevitable next game comes out, because not only is the story I felt unfinished, but it is also run by Disney, who will milk something until it's own like until it's dry.
1: No comment, <clears throat> <laughs> but. Isn't that what we do? Aladdin today? four. Jafar <laughs> may need glasses. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's
0: a family guy reference if anyone.
1: Uh, or Zootopia to electric boogaloo. <laughs> no. No. Oh. Darn. Anyway. Um, but I think that's what we got for Jedi Survivor for this week. Yeah. All right. Thanks everyone for listening. And may the force be with you. Thank you for listening to Holocron Histories, Star Wars Canon vs. Legends. You can find us on the Robots Radio Discord at robotsradio.net. You can also follow us on Twitter at SWHolohistories and contact us at holocronhistories at gmail.com.
0: Hi, I'm Aaron. And I'm Ariel. And we're the hosts of the Legend of Zelda Lorecast, a podcast about all things Legend of Zelda. From Errol to Zora...
1: And all the fun things in between.
0: If you're ready to dive deep and learn more about The Legend of Zelda lore and everything surrounding it, come join us on The Legend of Zelda Lorecast. You can find us on Apple iTunes, Spotify, Google, and wherever else you get your podcasts.
1: We hope to see you soon.